Listening to the Colorado Culture and Cuisine Radio. This podcast is produced by DMC Productions, which is my company where I host all my music. Keen Anchor, Lake Erie and the Monster Within, a couple of other podcasts that I kind of have and might not ever do again, not really sure. The Death Metal Chronicles podcast is one podcast about military stuff and about music. This podcast is all about Colorado culture and cuisine, and I want to take you guys on an adventure, because this is my second week here in Colorado, and I'm having a fucking awesome time. And by the way, this show has swearing. I may say a fuck bomb or two, and I probably will talk about some things that you may or may not want to talk about around little children. So keep that in mind, and take on this adventure with me. So my journey took me from... Washington, D.C., all the way to Kansas through Tennessee, which is the most interesting experience ever. Um, When you drive from D.C., you end up going on um, Route 81 or 81 Highway, whatever the name of it actually is, and you end up traversing through all the Appalachians, half of the mountain range itself, and you get to, you know, experience along the way the different people that you know live there. Um, I ended up in Tennessee, and I had a lot of fun while I was there. I spent maybe a day trying to get to Colorado, and you know I was like, ah, this this place is kind of cool, but it's not really what I'm looking for. And then I ended up in Kansas after that on that third day, finally getting into Kansas. It took a really long time from Tennessee and from DC just to get there. It was two days of my life stuck in a car. And uh, finally, when I got to, to Kansas, I was like, okay, I'm hanging out with friends. This is going to be great. You know, hey, what are the coffee roasters? What's the kind of the culture here at Fort Riley? There was nothing. Uh, the town was two or three blocks worth of town. Um, all there was was Starbucks, just commercial stuff and s- truck stops and things like that. And, you know, honestly, I was kind of let down by it. And then the day after, I drove through Kansas and entered through, you know, Colorado and like it was in the middle of nowhere and there was people on the side of the road where the, you know, welcome to Colorado sign is at. It's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And people were, you know, taking pictures and stuff. It's like, that's awesome. You know, you don't do that in other places. You go through Ohio, you see the Ohio sign. It's like, oh, fucking Ohio, like piece of shit. Like there's lovely people that live in Ohio, but the state just sucks balls. I mean, it's just not a place that you want to, you don't want to call it home. You're home because it's home. Uh, you find things to like, but usually you're just stuck there. 
Um, and it was the opposite. When I first went to Colorado for the first day, people were shaking my hand. They were like, hey, welcome to Colorado. This place is fucking awesome. I'm like, you know, this is great. This is what I want, you know. And the next day, um, I travel down in, uh, the, I think it's the North Highlands is where Huckleberry Coffee Roasters was located. Um, they're on Pecos Street. And they're literally in the middle of a, a sub, like not a subdivision, but a legit neighborhood that's probably been in Colorado for, you know, centuries. Um, they had a corner, you know, side street that they were on. They were on a corner and they had their, their business there. And it was this white building. And it's really industrial and um, kind of a, it really casted itself against the neighborhood away in a way. But you could tell that people in the neighborhood would walk down there and get their coffee and they could smell it from around um, the town. There's schools and different things around them, but you know, it's not an industrial park. It's not, uh, they're not, you know, in a giant, uh, you know, manufacturing plant or, you know, they're not in one of these upscale, you know, high flutin buildings, whatever. And so I'm looking around and, you know, it's really industrial on the inside and there's this, this maybe like wood, wood flooring and, um, the only thing that you really see when you come in there is just the staff and them making coffee and the, and the, the tables and chairs and everything is on the sides. Um, you know, it was more industrial and there was more kids and more, uh, more college students doing their homework and stuff, you know, but it wasn't your, your necessarily your, your coffee house in a, in a neighborhood. It was more of, we're trying to create an atmosphere in which you can come to that you can do your work that you can get coffee at. So I started talking to like a random guy. He was, you know, six foot tall about coffee or whatever and kind of slick back hair. He looked kind of like, uh, not Elliot Smith, but, um, oh gosh, what's that guy's name? Um, not Elliot Smith, but I can't remember the guy's name for life of me, but I met Cohen. And it was a random dude, just a guy we were talking about coffee and how, you know, what the, the coffee shop was like and the different beans that they had. And I just started talking to him like a regular dude and he was just there on the side, just doing whatever on a computer. And it turns out he was, you know, one of the owners. And he just started talking to me about, you know, different coffee stuff and just really inviting the fact that, you know, he has all this knowledge built up inside of him about coffee and he owns the place. And... You know, I think he told me that he, he started it three years ago, and they've got two locations, um, one on Larimer uh, Street in uh, downtown Denver, and the other location in uh, the Highlands uh, or Sunnyside area. And what was really interesting to me is that everything that I've heard review-wise from all these different people from around the world that come to his coffee shop all said... These guys know coffee, they're the best in the world, go there. And, you know, that first pour over that I wanted, you know, they were like, hey, here's these beans that we want to do in AeroPress. Are you okay with having an AeroPress? Just something innocuous, but was really inviting. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try an AeroPress. I've only had it twice. And so I tried it and it was this Costa Rica that was so clean and so bright that it just punched you in the face with flavor but it really caught me off guard that you know that even though it's not your local coffee house 
to where all they're doing is drip coffee and it's, you know, two years old and, and burned or whatever. They're doing something where they're creating an environment and they're creating a culture of coffee, which maybe, you know, a little bit upper scale for most people who are into coffee, but they're going to elevate you in your coffee taste and not push it on you, um, which I was really appreciative of. Um, and just as a regular dude that likes coffee and just experience that part of the Colorado culture was completely different than, you know, say in DC or in other places. Um, I've been to coffee roasters in DC where, you know, that they're lean to the bone in the way that they're, um, in a rundown, um, shopping mall. And most of their coffee is completely burned. All of it has just oil seeping everywhere. And there's no variation within the beans or the different types of beans that they have. And you can tell that they don't either care what the coffee tastes like or all they're trying to get is people who want to drink hot milk, which is fine, but I want to go to a place that has an even culture. And Huckleberry had that. I was really impressed by it. And that, that really, you know, got me, okay, you know, Colorado is a place that I want to be part of within the coffee scene. Because if you go to a place that's going to be inviting and explain to you where their coffee comes from and tell you the different ways that they make their coffee and offer you a different way of trying things that you may or may not want to try at the time or you may not know about it, but they're going to do it for you and ask you. And I was really impressed. I'm drinking right now the La Angostura. Angostura. I'm not sure what that word means. Um, which tastes like walnut, caramel, and sweet Concord grape, which I really get the grape stuff in this. It's more like a wine in a way that it's not as, it's not too bright in like a Kenya or like something from Africa. It, it has more of those darker undertones um, where you get more body to it. And it comes from Leon Cortez, Costa Rica. So what's interesting with the packaging of what Huckleberry does, I'll annotate this in the, the show notes. What they do is they have like a uniform bags that they all put their coffee in, but they slap um, labels onto their coffee. So they pre-plan and have these labels already made with the type of coffee that they're gonna put in there. So they slap it on there and then it gives you this information with the elevation information, where it comes from, how it's processed, stuff that any coffee connoisseur wants to know that even though we can ask your coffee roaster, we really don't want to ask you. Really, the customer wants to just know what's in their coffee and how it was processed, and they get around doing that. Um, you know, and on on the the back, you know, they put you know when it was roasted, the the month and the day, the amount of ounces, you know, or grams, and a way to contact them with their email on it. I mean, the simplest thing possible, and you know, for a you know, a larger kind of company that's probably doing a little bit more commercial um, orders, they're able to keep track of their own product by easily looking on their shelves and saying, okay, this yellow, and it's, you know, color-coded, so they know what colors are up there offhand, and the coffee roaster, the person stocking it, knows exactly what's up there. So it's completely different, and also the packaging to where, you know, you don't have all of this after work like some coffee shops where they just keep it in the jars, which is good. A lot of people keep their coffee in the jars and you can ask them, hey, you know, I, I like that Costa Rica. Where is it from? What's in it? You know, whereas you look at 
on Huckleberry, you see, okay, cool, there's this this box thing in the air, uh, and it says Huckleberry on there, and it has the, the, the type of coffee that it is, where it's from, the elevation, how it's processed, and color-coded. So, you know, if a customer tells another friend, hey, go to this place, get this color, this is the coffee you want to try, you know they're going to come back with it, and it's going to be freaking amazing. So if you want to enjoy uh, Huckleberry Roasters, I don't get paid for them. I just met Cone with a handshake, enjoyed his coffee. I don't get paid. You could pay him, you could not pay him. That's not my problem, that's yours. Um, you can go to Huckleberry Roasters, huckleberryroasters.com. They have two locations, which is the Pecos Street and the Larmor Cafe, and you could try their stuff out. And they also have a map of partner um, cafes and roasteries. I guess maybe that's where they sell some of their other product or maybe people that they're endorsing. Um, and you guys can check them out. Um, you know, it take take an opportunity to enjoy their, uh, their coffee. Um, I really enjoyed the atmosphere and I, you know, they're, they're putting coffee roasting on a, another level comparatively to some places that take either themselves too seriously or are just making coffee to just sell to people who like hot milk. Now, my second week in Colorado, I tried a couple of coffee roasters that were in my area. Um, one's Two Rivers. Hopefully I have an interview with Two Rivers in a couple of weeks. Um, I like their coffee, but I wanted to find somewhere that was more of a, a hometown kind of place. And I heard of Pangea Coffee Roasters. I'm not sure if I heard of that from um, Coffee Lovers Radio, which I'll annotate. You guys can listen to them as well. But Pangea Coffee Roasters is in Golden, Colorado. Um, they're snuggled there in the mountains. I went on their website, and it was very simple. You know, it said, you know, what the type of coffee that they had. It showed the beans themselves and how they were roasted. So you could tell, is this coffee completely burned? <laughs> is it light, medium? How do they roast it? Do they have variations? Um, does it tell you the different types of coffee? Well, it does. It has pictures. It tells you where it's from. It says medium body, medium acidity for the Guatemala. And so, you know, I went down there. And what was interesting is uh, they have these circles like you have in Europe in Golden, Colorado. And if you get lost, you're just getting lost. Um, it's an adventure and don't expect to go to Golden and think that even if you have the right directions, that you're gonna end up in the right place. Um, <laughs> that's not how my adventure was. Uh, I drove about seven miles, 10 miles from my house. And you know I followed these train tracks and it led all the way to Coors Brewing. And Coors Brewing had this like the side of a mountain with this giant, um, industrial parkway and um, like 15 or 20 different uh, industrial just giant buildings um, but they're manufacturing all their beer and I turned down another road and a GPS took me down the wrong street and I couldn't understand why and so I called up the coffee location and Amanda just a barista at the time which I thought was like oh yeah you know that's the wrong place go to this street Cheyenne Street and um, we're right by um, a couple of these other things in the back um, on, on Cheyenne Street. And so I ended up parking by the, 
like the post office or something like that and walked maybe two blocks and I got really, really lost then and even my GPS was taking me the wrong way. And this blonde girl comes out and she's like, oh, hey, hey, are you are you Brad? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm Brad, what's up? Are you Amanda? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Amanda, I'm the roaster. Okay, cool, you know? So she invited me, shook my hand and brought me into her coffee shop and um, it was, you know, an unassuming shop location. It was kind of older, maybe from the 60s. And, you know, just they had their five pound coffee roaster in the back and some of their coffee, you know, there. And she started telling me about how she started her company. But that really caught me, you know, like a roaster who knows somebody's coming in, knows people are getting lost. And then told me, oh, yeah, we had a, another location in a warehouse, which is on the other side of town, and that's where Google tells you to go to. And, you know, that really brought a, a smile to my face that, you know, Amanda, who's one of the owners, knows that people want to get her coffee, knows that I'm going to be there, and went outside just to find me. That's impressive. And not many coffee places would do that. Just a simple act of kindness to a person that's lost trying to get coffee at your place. So I ended up going down uh, into into her uh, coffee studio, I guess you would call it, which is really small. She only had like a five-pound roaster. You know, it wasn't really that big. I've never actually seen one that small, to be honest. Uh, I've only seen like one-pound home roasters and uh, the 30-pound, you know, big giant ones that cost, you know, 40, 50 grand. This one probably cost 12 grand or so. So, I mean, it's, it's money, but it's not in the, you know, the money where other people are spending. And what was even more interesting is that, you know, other than like the different places like Two Rivers and Huckleberry where it's, you know, sectioned off with this glass thing, you know, whatever, the coffee roaster was just right there and you could see it. And so if you came in while they were roasting, you know, you'd be able to smell all the, the beans and look at them and how they're roasting and just chill. Kind of like some other ones in, in D.C. do where, you know, the coffee roaster is just right there. And if you're into their coffee and you want to, you know, enjoy that atmosphere even when they're roasting their coffee, you're going to be right next to the coffee roaster. And you get to see how they do it. And so that connection between the roaster and you is a lot better. So, you know, they were showing me some of their coffees and stuff. And what I thought was really cool is that, you know, they, they put their coffee in, in bags as well. Um, but they had small glass, um, those jars that use the pickling jars, because the ball pickling jars, whatever. And they were able to show the beans and the different variations, and, and you just open it up and smell it. And I was like, holy crap, I want to try your Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. It's one of my favorites. And so I, you know, I got that. It was like, you know, they had different sizes, and I just picked a, you know, a 12-ounce bag of it. It was like, you know, whether I like it or not, I'm just going to try it anyways and see what happens. And what I thought was really interesting is that Pangea is kind of the black sheep to Huckleberry. So the people that are coming into Golden, from what I could tell, are either locals that want to do homework and want to chill and just want a, a family atmosphere they can go to where, you know, there's a bunch of chairs. I think there was even a couch and you could just go there and have a date or chill with somebody. And it was more intimate. And Golden, from what I can tell, is a very touristy kind of place. If you ever went to Golden, you know, what you're going to see is a lot of touristy type of signs. And there's even like a, welcome to Golden. There's no smoking and no vaping. Uh, thanks from the city council of fucking uh, Golden. So, 
you know, I can tell that they're just trying to get as many tourists there as possible. <laughs> and there was tourist trap places, and there was, like, legit, uh, you know, home bakeries, and there was a, a soap place. But Pangea is doing things on the darker side, more of a city... I don't know really the roasting terms, but from my understanding, city plus plus, more darker roasts. And, you know, I got some of their coffee right now, so I'm going to smell it. This is their Costa Rica. And you get more of that that uh, darker roasted smell. You know, the beans are literally to the point of if they didn't stop where they were roasting it, it was going to just go into oblivion, but there was that control that was there to where, you know, they, they want darker coffee. They want more of that, I, w I would say, Starbucks-y type of coffee, but more of that darker roasted stuff. Which is a bit brave for me. I'm not really a dark roast coffee kind of guy. I'm more of a, a lighter medium person because I want all those flavors and all the different stuff that um, a dark roast can't get you. But what was cool about Pangea is they are the black, in, in my opinion, the black sheep of coffee roasting in Colorado because, you know, they're getting a coffee culture on their own in the middle, in my opinion, of nowhere that... Um, not many people live comparatively to Denver and they're going to get their own crowd and they've only been open for a couple of months and they're trying to make their name and they're going to farmers markets and different events and they have a, their own trailer that's branded with their name. Holy shit, most simplest thing possible because uh, if you get lost like I did, I saw the Pangea Coffee Roaster trailer, so okay, I've got to be in the right area, right? So they know what they're doing and that simple part of branding and and that, you know, they're going to go to events and show people their coffee and showcase it. Um, I thought it was really fucking cool. I mean, there's not many people that are that are doing that in the coffee world and um, letting people on their own terms enjoy their coffee. You can check out Pangea Roasters at PangeaCoffeeRoasters.com. I don't get paid by Amanda. Maybe eventually she'll pay me to do her marketing, but I don't get paid from her. I'm just enjoying her coffee, and she's pretty awesome. Uh, you can check out their location at 1205 Cheyenne Street in Golden, Colorado. And I know you're going to get lost because Google is going to make you get lost. So here's the plan. If you want to go there, look up the Golden, Colorado um, Postal Service. Then look up the soap smithery place that makes handmade soaps. And that's the location down half a block on your left-hand side because you get lost if you follow Google, because Google doesn't want you to go to Pangea. Google wants you to go to the middle of nowhere in Golden and get stuck in those circles. You've been listening to Colorado Cuisine and Culture. Please go to Death Metal Chronicles, um, which is our productions page so far. Um, I have to look up our thing. I'll look it up right now. Let's see. Death metal i don't even know what our name is technically for our thing death metal chronicles we have a public page for our public closed group i guess oh it's a public group so yeah if you just go to facebook.com slash groups slash death metal chronicles we have our stuff there and let's see what's my other thing facebook likes to trick you
So if you look up DMC, that's Delta Mike Charlie Productions slash Mercenary Metal Radio. That's my other one, my other podcast. Um, that's where we're going to be keeping all this stuff. I'm not planning to start another group page for right now, so I hope you guys enjoy. Please tell me the different things of Colorado that you enjoy, um, whether it's coffee, could be a, you know, a farmer's market. Whatever you enjoy, let me know. Please support Huckleberry Roasters and Pangea Coffee Roasters, and let me know of other coffee places or restaurants that you guys would like to hear about or enjoy, or, you know, and fucking come to Colorado. Fuck your state. Your state sucks. Uh, all the places that you live, all my friends that live in Ohio, California, uh, the place that you live sucks, so come to Colorado. It's better. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da